Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Six, four, Welcome to episode number six of the 643 podcast, and we have some breaking news, Braves fans and baseball fans in general, as the CBA, the lockout is finally ended. The CBA has been agreed to, and our long national nightmare is finally over, as it looks like baseball is set to get back underway on the 99th day of the lockout. That's right. We have a tentative new agreement with some key things, according to Ken Rosenthal. The CBT threshold being $230 million, peaking at $244 million. Minimum salary for the players has jumped uh, from $700,000 and peaks at seven eighty, dollars And a pre-art bonus pool of $50 million. Looks like, for some reason, I don't know why it took as long as it did to get there, but you know what? We finally got it done. Finally, Major League Baseball is set up to resume. Opening day will be April 7th, and it will be a 162-game season. So after all the posturing back and forth, the ridiculousness of last night of the owners and players both essentially turning down the exact same proposals, and the fan, basically the fans doing a complete turn on both sides yesterday, they finally got together and finally got a deal struck, not without its caveats as it looks like um, certain Mets players involved in the talks were trying to make everybody or trying to convince people to decline the offer. Uh, Mets obviously being with Steve Cohen, probably the highest spending team in baseball, worried about the the fourth tier implemented in the CBT. Uh, correctly so, everybody else was like, hey, uh, you know what? Screw you guys. We are going to play baseball. So looks like we finally have a CBT. We finally have a new CBA, and trades can resume later on tonight. I am trying to fill this in super quick as if you followed me along on the Platinum Sombrero and Lockdown Braves, you know that big-time news generally happens uh, after I've already recorded an episode. Today is no different. So I did have an episode earlier today. We're going to disregard and throw this one instead as we do finally, finally have baseball. And that's good news for the Braves. Now the watch turns to one Freddie Freeman. Now that free agency will be officially opened up uh, later on tonight, players can uh, report as early as tomorrow for spring training. Now, the only thing that we're going to be looking for is when Freddie Freeman signs with the Braves. Uh, that's what 90%, I would say, of Braves fans are hoping and praying to see happen. Uh, there are some weirdos that are on this train of, oh, well, we'll just get Anthony Rizzo or, or I don't know, pick a first baseman, Luke Voigt or Matt Olson or 
uh, any of these other first basemen that aren't as good as Freddie Freeman. All the Matt Olson's really good. Um, essentially, we'll, we'll we'll let Freddie walk and replace some of the different first basemen. Um, that shine is coming off of the Apple, especially with the implementation of a universal DH, which is widely expected to be in the CDA. Freddie Freeman is going to be back as a Brave. I feel it in my bones. I seriously hope that we hear that today. Uh, that's the only thing people are waiting for now is what happens with Freddie. After the domino drops with Freddie, then we can start getting into where else do the Braves go from there. Uh, I do think that Michael Conforto, I've said this before, I think Michael Conforto is somebody you should really be circling as a prime Alex Anthopoulos target. Um, I think there are quite a few targets. In the, the earlier draft of this episode, before this news dropped, uh, I did discuss uh, some of the possible bench pieces that the Braves could look at. Uh, somebody like Matt Duffy, who's versatile enough to play uh, third, first, and second base. A guy that has good contact skills with no real power, but can be versatile enough to play. We could bring Ray Adrianza back, which would be something that I thought he trailed off towards the end of the year, but had enough clutch hits and is versatile enough as far as defensive positioning to go, uh, as, as far as defensive positioning goes, that I would, I would genuinely like having him back. Um, not going to break me up if he's not here, but I, I, I would certainly like to see him rewarded. Corey Dickerson, the guy that's been floating around for a while, doesn't have a lot of power anymore, um, but a nice left-handed bat off the bench. Alex Dickerson, who I think is a a pretty sneaky ad. He's been with the San Francisco Giants last couple years, has surprising power, hasn't really had the defense to get full major league at bats, but he's he's been good in the time that he's been in the majors. Uh, would be an excellent, excellent addition. Kevin Pilar, if you're looking for a center fielder, they did bring back Adam Duvall. They do still have Guillermo Heredia, so I don't know if Pilar is the guy they'd look at. But Pilar is a good defender who had 15 homers a season ago uh, and is a guy that that, that kind of fits what that, that kind of locker room vibe that you want to have. He's a very hard-nosed player. Um, Braves fans know that <laughs> up close after watching him get blasted in the face with the ball uh, and busting his face. Um, came back tough as nails. It was a Jacob Webb fastball, if I remember correctly. can't remember if it was a fastball or if it was a curveball, but uh, got hit in the face, busted his nose up, uh, and he was back in the lineup uh, relatively quickly after that. Um, good good hard-nosed player, uh, a guy that you like having on your bench, and that's a guy that the Braves could certainly target. But the main goal, obviously, is going to be Freddie Freeman. I've said this before numerous times on this podcast. Replacing Freddie is, is not as easy as snapping your fingers, and boom, you get a you get a four and a half, five war first baseman. It's not that simple. You'd have to replace a lot of different things for Freddie. There's a reason why all the other players look to Freddie and talk about Freddie in their interviews. Freddie is the leader of this team. This is Freddie's team. So bring him back, get the deal done. Six and 180, six and 185. I think that that deal can get done. I think until I'm proven otherwise, I think we'll see that. Uh, I'm hoping that we can get that announced very, very quickly. Uh, Once that happens, be, be prepared for a bonanza of free agent signings and trades just like what happened before the lockout began. Now that we're this close to spring training, I think you'll see uh, a lot of news coming in very, very quickly, uh, and which is which is good because this is something that baseball is going to want to put behind them, the lockout and the CBA negotiations. What better way to do that is, than to bury it in an exciting free agency and trade bonanza? That, that is something that will help. That is something uh, that, that Major League Baseball and the players, quite frankly, should really want to see something to get baseball fans excited about actual baseball activities again. You'll see everybody start reporting tomorrow or, or Saturday, uh, and looks like we should get underway very quickly. We're going to put to the test the idea of whether players really are ready uh, for ready for the regular season after only about, I don't know, about two and a half, three weeks. Uh, that's long been the the assertion is that really you only need about two weeks to get ready to go. We'll see. Uh, but within April 7th start date, we shouldn't miss any games at all. There will be scheduled doubleheaders. I don't know if they'll be seven inning or nine inning. We'll, we'll see how that goes forward. Um, there were a lot of fans that liked the seven inning doubleheaders, uh, a lot of players that liked it, and a lot of players that hated them. 
Uh, and a lot of fans that didn't like it either didn't feel like it was real baseball games. I could, I, I prefer a nine inning doubleheader. I don't really care enough either way to be upset about it. There are far more changes, far, far more changes that were much worse to me than seven inning doubleheaders. Um, I don't prefer them, but it's something if that's how you can fit in 162 and get it in easily, then, then fine, whatever. Uh, I am actually going to steal my minor league segment of the week from my earlier draft episode. I'm going to steal that and attach it to this one because I'm, I'm very happy with when I did. I love the player that I spotlighted uh, and you guys definitely will too. And you guys will definitely want to mark down that name. But the big story for today is that the Mets tried to Mets everything up and the players smartly were like, all right, you guys can Mets it up all on your own. We're going to go ahead and sign this. And this is a good deal for both sides. This is a very fair deal there is still talks of instituting an international draft, a world draft, which needs to happen. There has been a, a just a gigantic mix and, and mash of corruption in the international market forever, not just since John Copelel. It's been going on forever. It's been the wild, wild west, a free-for-all out there. Uh, it, it irritates me that some high-profile Latin American players are talking about how if you institute a, a draft, it's going to ruin baseball in those countries w- without ever explaining how it's going to ruin baseball in those countries. Uh, when you factor in a 20-round draft, means 600 amateur international players drafted. That is far, far more than sign on either international signing day. Uh, that's something that, that should happen. It should actually grow baseball. It means Major League Baseball will have to finally take an actual hand in matters out there. You already have former Major League players that run academies that you could absorb into MLB, and you could really grow the game that way. That's what you want to see happen. Uh, that wouldn't be implemented until 2024 anyway. Uh, if, the, if the players can agree to it, if they can find a resolution, then that'll be in there, and then the qualifying offer, offer and draft pick compensation will go away. If they can't figure it out, then the qualifying offer and draft pick compensation will remain in place, uh, which that just means figure it out because losing the QO and losing the draft pick compensation attached to it, that is all you need. Uh, that, that is more important than just about anything else that you could get done for here as far as uh, making sure that, that high-impact players get the contracts that they're worth. Uh, teams don't want to lose any sort of draft picks draft pick capital has become extremely extremely uh extremely extremely valuable because of, of how expensive things are getting so get that out of the way get that done get it go away from it and uh have everybody start getting the money that they deserve without having to have draft picks attached um, we can celebrate baseball being back. Everything is all good. We can finally take a deep breath. And I, for one, as somebody as a content creator selfishly, am so, so happy that uh, I'm going to have uh, the actual season. In, my, in the first season of doing 643, I'm very, very happy that baseball is going to be back on time and we're going to be able to get a full season in there. Uh, I was I was really not looking forward to having to do months and months of 2020 uh shows again so i'm very excited for that i know you guys are too we'll see what happens with the braves later today i have a feeling that we'll see freddie freeman sign very soon this is something that even though you quote unquote weren't supposed to talk i think both sides know exactly where the other's at uh and with spring training now days away in the the regular season two and a half weeks, three weeks away. I think we'll see some real movement on that. And we'll see. I think Freddie could be the first domino to fall. I think there's a couple of the big names, maybe Carlos Correa, 
But I think Freddie might be the first big name to drop, and that should be done relatively quickly. Or at least I hope so, because I'm ready to get that out of the way as well. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Very, very excited for all of it. But moving on from Major League Baseball, it is Thursday, which means we have to do our Minor League Spotlight. Today, I am going to spotlight one of my favorite prospects in the Braves farm system, a guy that you really want to keep an eye on. This is a guy that is going to fly up prospect boards, particularly for the Braves this year. And that is Vaughn Grissom, the shortstop, maybe potential third baseman uh, who made his way up to high A last year. Vaughn Grissom is quietly a a really, really well-rounded prospect. And I say quietly because he happened to be on the same high school team as Riley Green, which completely overshadowed him. Riley Green, an outstanding, outstanding prospect. Great hitter. He's going to find himself in the major leagues this year. Uh, But Vaughn Grissom is a really good player in his own right. Um, Doesn't, didn't have anything that really stood out while he was in high school. But, and and really you look at him and you don't see a a true carrying tool. There's a lot of fifties and 55s across his prospect grades. Uh, As Fangraphs has him ranked 13th in the system. I believe MLB pipeline has him 12th or 13th as well. Those will not, that will not be his position by the mid season ranking. Uh, He got up to high a last year at 20 years old, uh, along with Michael Harris. But what, what really stands out for Vaughn Grissom, one of the things that I think is, is a really good indicator of future success for him is his batter's eye, his patience at the plate, and his knowledge of the strike zone is so advanced for his age. Uh, when you look at what he's done, he got drafted in 2019. It was an 11th round pick, um, which not a high draft pick, but the 11th round typically is one of these rounds. Major League Baseball drafts are very weird. It's more about slot bonuses and, and things like that. The 11th round is typically around where you take a sleeper this is usually one of those rounds you take somebody that you think has a real chance to be really really good but just isn't rated as highly as some of these other prospects and Vaughn Grissom is one of those he's a big guy 6'3 listed at 180 uh now that he's been in a couple years I would bet you he's probably closer to 200 at this point looks he looks like that he, he does he's got a, a perfect body type for one of these current big shortstops or, or to facilitate a move to third base if he continues to outgrow the position. But looking at him from 2019 into 2021, what you'll see is a guy that just does not strike out very much. As a very young player, that's a good thing to see. Uh, his, his K rates uh, at low A, um, or yeah, at, at rookie ball, 14.7%. Low A last year, 14.9%. And in a short 12-game stretch at high A last year, 9.6%. To go along with walk rates of 8.7%, 10.4%, and 21.2% in that short sample. Now, I don't want to get too caught up in using those high A numbers because it was only 12 games. But when you factor it into what you saw there, uh, he hit. He did hit two homers, had 10 ribbies and three steals in those 12 games. That's a really good start. 
Uh, he ended up hitting 378, 519 with a 599, uh, 595 slugging and a 478 Wabo. That was good for a 196 WRC+. We talk about Michael Harris for good reason because he's an extremely talented player uh, and a guy that everybody's expecting to do really big things for this organization. Von Grissom is a guy that hasn't gotten that hype yet. Get ready for it. If you want to know the next guy that's going to get that type of hype, it's going to be Von Grissom. If Von Grissom comes out this year, and I'm assuming he's going to start at high A again, if he comes out and he has the same type of seasons that he's been having, if he keeps improving the way that he's been improving since he came in, his ISO has jumped up at all three levels, his BABIP has jumped up at all three levels, his overall stat line has jumped up at all three levels, his WRC Plus has jumped up at all levels. Uh, if he keeps this going, he's going to find himself on the top 100 list. This is, a, this is a true sleeper type of guy who has real, real upside. Now, there's a chance he outgrows the position. Um, if, and if he does, you'd like to see more power displayed consistently to really mark him as a starting caliber third baseman. But his patience and that eye of the plate, those are carrying tools. They don't show up as far as the grades, uh, as far, unless you just kind of count hit tool, uh, which he, he kind of gets a 50 for his future value on his hit tool. I think that's very low. Uh, a guy with his bat speed, that's the other thing that stands out. He does have excellent bat speed. He's very balanced at the plate. He's got a good quiet motion, a little small leg kick to keep his timing there. He's got a lot of things going for him. I, I am a big, big fan of Von Grissom. He's got a fantastic baseball body type that should be able to fill out without really slowing him down which is what you want to see. If you're hoping that he can stick at shortstop, it's about being able to add good weight and access that power. But one of the things he does that's very impressive and something that's very impressive with Michael Harris is he shows all field power already. And he shows a willingness to go opposite field if there's a breaking ball on the outer edge. He's not looking to pull everything. Uh, he's got a pretty linear bat pass, so it looks like last year he really started getting into lifting a little bit, which is what you want to see because as he adds loft, he's got enough contact skills and, and batter's eye to where he can trade off some contact for some power, which is a good move for him. There's a lot to like here. Like I said, he's going to be flying up boards. Um, he may finally be starting to tap into game power because he's, he's had batting practice power. And if you see him in batting practice, you'll see him uh, blasting homers to all parts of the field. And that's a difficult thing to do for a young player. It's hard to have the power to take a ball out right center when you're a right-handed hitter. Um, but he does that with really good bat speed and really smooth mechanics. And that's important. That's one of the key things I look for in hitting prospects to determine whether or not I think they, they can succeed at the, at the next level. There are, yes, there are certainly players that are herky-jerky motions that aren't the most fluid, but fluidity and symmetry in your, your swing generally shows me that you know what you're doing, and it generally means that you've got the, the timing to where you should be able to handle any type of pitch. You should be able to adjust to breaking balls without fighting your body's momentum. It means you should be able to get the most out of your swing. That's, that is one of the main things I see with Vaughn Grissom. Uh, he's not an elite defender. He's a little bit bigger. He's not, he's not super fast, but he's quick. He's got good first step motions. He has a good arm from kind of a three quarter slot. Um, he's got a good, decent arm. He's got really soft hands and he knows how to field from either side of his body smoothly. Uh, he gets the ball out in front rather than letting it get to him, which is a mistake that a lot of young defenders make. Uh, that's why you'll see, typically you'll, you'll see 
a fair number of errors on backhands. You don't see, and that's one of the things that if you see Wash, uh, Ron Washington working with a lot of players, what you'll see with him working with Ozzy uh, and Dansby is, is when you see them swiping the ball out front, that's what they're working on is attacking the ball out in front before it has a chance to, to bad hop you. Uh, so it's good that you see that from him. He's got these smooth kind of motions. He's just a very smooth player. Uh, and if that power continues to, to show up in games and he continues to be able to access his raw power in games, then even if he does move to third base, then he, he there should be no issues there. But as it stands now, the Braves seem committed to having him as a shortstop for as long as they can. And this is a guy, whatever happens with Dansby Swanson, if the Braves don't end up wanting to give Dansby Swanson a long-term deal, maybe they're thinking of trading for a shortstop or signing for a shortstop. I would not sleep on the front office looking at Vaughn Grissom and thinking that this is a guy that could be a long-term shortstop. We're in a golden age of big shortstops where it's not that it's not uncommon to see 62 63 210 type shortstops around the league if he has that kind of Carlos Correa power where he can go all fields I'm not saying that he's going to be Carlos Correa but when you look at him that's kind of what I see is this big bodied shortstop and I'm sure if I really dug deep enough I could probably find a more likely uh, a more likely comparison um he he doesn't he hasn't shown in game the type of monster power of Carlos Correa. Um, but he shows a lot of those same traits. Big guy. He's not, he's not as big. Carlos Correa is 6'4", 220. Carlos Correa is like Troy Tulowitzki size. Um, but you do see some similarities in, in, in the ability to adjust in the at-bats and knowing kind of the eye. He's got way better strikeout rates than Correa ever had. Um, but generally, that's kind of what you're seeing with the way that his power is rising, his body type. There, there's a lot to like about Von Grissom. I don't know that I'd say he's going to be a superstar, uh, but this is a guy that I would circle and say there is definite superstar potential here. I, I don't know that he's as likely to reach that as, say, Michael Harris uh, or Drew Waters or, or some of these others. Um, but he's a guy that I, I definitely see him as a future big leaguer, whether it's at shortstop or third base. Uh, and I think he's got a good chance of staying at short. I wouldn't be shocked if at this time next year, we're talking about Vaughn Grissom as a top five Atlanta Braves prospect uh, and a guy that you're looking at as a potential future shortstop of this organization. I think he's got that level of talent. I think the fact that he's been undersold his whole career is a good motivating factor for him. And he just looks like a ball player. This is one of my favorite, favorite guys to watch. I love smooth prospects. I love guys that succeed without fighting themselves that that know how to use their own body know and have a plan at the plate as a young guy to where when you have that basis of you have a, a you have fast hands a, a fast swing your bat speed is really good you have the the batter's eye to be able to sit and let pitches come deeper into the, the plate before swinging when you're not so aggressive to have to pull everything that's a big thing mentally that is a that is a hard thing to grasp for a lot of talented young players that have just been better than everybody else in their whole careers that's a very mature approach that pays big dividends down the line it, it softens what you need to work on there are definitely things that he does need to work on he needs to be consistent as far as lifting the ball. He has been very linear. And if you're going to be 6'3", 180 to 210, 215-ish, and be one of these big shortstops that's not an elite-level defender, then you need to have power for the trade-off. And I think Vaughn Grissom has it in spades. I think he's got plenty to tap into. I think we're finally going to start seeing him really tap into it this year. I'm very, very excited for this guy. So should you. Make sure you remember that name. Vaughn Grissom, he's one of the few guys that if baseball does continue to get postponed, Vaughn Grissom is not on the 40-man, so you'll be able to watch him play 
play. This is a guy that you need to remember. This is a guy that I would think we're going we're gonna to look back five years from now and we're going to be very, very excited with what we've seen from Von Grissom. As it stands, that is it for my minor league spotlight segment. Thank you guys so much, as always, for tuning in. Uh, if you w- if you would, or if you enjoy the show, go ahead and leave a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to the podcast from. Uh, let everybody know that you enjoy the show or hit me up on Twitter at Dylan X short. If you would like to discuss at all, if you have any ideas or anything you want to hear me discuss on the show, I will obviously do that for my fans. So thank you guys so much. We'll be back again on Tuesday right here on the six, four, three podcast. That's all, folks. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.